hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning into this message. We hope that it speaks to your life. And if you have questions, please contact us. You can contact us on the website at thousandhillsranchchurch.com or thousandhillsranchchurch at yahoo.com. And then you can also call us at 580-216-6427. And may God use this message to change your life. We are a come-as-you-are cowboy church. Come as you are, Cowboy Church. Uh, we love the Western lifestyle. We love uh, Northwest Oklahoma. We love reaching unchurched people. Um, and, and so in that phrase, come as you are, we accept anybody for who they are, where they are, what they've done in the past. It really doesn't matter if you're colorful in your past and, and you, you don't feel like you belong anywhere else. You belong here. And here's the second thing. You belong before you believe. A lot of people think, well, i got to get my life right before I come to church. I can't come to church not right. No, come to church dirty, and Jesus will clean you up, all right? <laughs> and so here's the thing. We, we love it when people come just as they are, but here's the thing that we hope most happens in your life, that you will leave changed. Come just as you are, but we hope that you leave changed. And so a part of that, and we've been talking about this for the last five or six weeks, and we've been talking about how to go from being religious, and again, I use that in a negative way. You may think yourself's religious, and that's fine if you want to call yourself religious. I'm using it in this context as a negative thing, because a lot of people, they just want to be religious. It's like being a cowboy. A lot of people just want to look like a cowboy, but they don't live like a cowboy. Or a lot of people want to talk like a cowboy, but they don't actually show it on the outside. Well, again, it should be both. If you're going to truly live the lifestyle, you ought, to, you, ought to, you ought to be who you are and no matter who else is around. Cowboys don't compartmentalize themselves. They don't take the hat off when they're around a certain crowd. They wear their hat no matter what. That's just who they are. Well, the truth is, as Christians or as the church, we are to be the same way. Some people want to look like a Christian but not act like a Christian. Some people want to talk like a Christian but not live like a Christian. And so how do we go from being religious to having a what? A relationship. Let's say it again. To having a relationship. It's not about being religious. It's not about looking the part. It's about actually having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you say, well, okay, how do we go from being religious to having a relationship? Number one, remember this, and you can go back and listen to it online. But number one is this. It starts on the inside you got to be changed on the inside. It's not, hey, again, I'll clean myself up and then God will change me. No, come to him dirty, he'll clean you up on the inside. Number two, it should show and, and it should be seen on the outside. If you've truly been changed on the inside, it should show on the outside. Number three was, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it makes you new. It makes you new. The old self has is, is gone away. You're dead to your old self, and you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. It makes you new. Number four, if you have a personal relationship with Jesus, it ought to change your habits. It ought to change your habits. Um, instead of being ruled by our sin, we have the power through the Holy Spirit to change our lives. And so it should change our habits. And then the last one, number five, we, we studied this last Sunday. If you have a relationship with Jesus, it should be enjoyed. It should be enjoyed. 
Um, and some of you guys, you think, well, no, I have to, I have a debt to pay Jesus. I mean, Jesus did so much for me, I have a debt to pay. No, listen, you can't pay back that debt. It's already been paid. Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay your debt so that you don't have to pay it. And you say, well, what am I supposed to do? You're you still supposed to serve God and work hard? Yes, but your motivation ought to be the joy in your heart because Jesus has paid your debt, not the duty of doing the Christian thing and living by the rules. You see the difference? So he should be enjoyed, not because we have to pay him back, but because we love him. And, 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 and another reason why we don't enjoy God, remember this, is we feel like he's the formal living room. I don't know if I had you raise your hand. How many of you guys had a formal living room or formal dining room growing up? Anybody? A few of you guys did. You guys missed out. I mean, it was wild in our house. I mean, the formal living room, the formal dining room, remember? I mean, it was the room that you didn't go in. I mean, that couch was beautiful, and it was for looking, not laying. I mean, when you stepped onto that cream-colored carpet, your mom was like, there, boom! She had like a sensor, like a laser. She's like, no, 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 <laughs> don't step in there. And a lot of times we think God's that way. No, 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 he, he doesn't want you to touch him. No, 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 you can't enjoy him. No, he doesn't want you to smile. You better stop that clapping. And we don't enjoy God because we see him as this sergeant who's just going to tell us what we're doing wrong rather than the Jesus that really tells us that he loves us. I don't know about you, but that changes my outlook. The more you, time you spend in church, the more you're going to feel like it's a duty and not a joy. Can I, get an, can I get a little hand on that? Is that true? I mean, those of you that have been in church for a while, I mean, seriously, you, you get into, so involved in the church, and it's like, I got to do my duty. Uh, 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 and we become like robots. Rather than saying, dude, I love Jesus, and that's why I'm here. I'm going to serve these kids today because that's, that's what, you know, Jesus has called me to do, and I love it. I'm going to serve people today because that's what Jesus has called me to do, and I'm, I love it. Again, that'll change your perspective, and so, you know, again, so you, you got to enjoy him. Well, here's the, here's the number six thing. If we're going to go from being religious to having a relationship, it out of our joy, out of our, our love for him, number six, we should be motivated to serve. <laughs> no clappage on that one. I mean, people are, people are like, Oh, you no, 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 <laughs> no. He's not going to ask me to serve, is he? I mean, Jesus really wants me to serve? I mean, I got to, you know, I already love him. I mean, I, I come to church. What else does he want me to do? Well, out of your relationship with him, you ought to be motivated to serve. Last week, we looked at two sisters. Remember the two sisters, Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha had a little drama going on in their house. If you've been around women, never mind. <laughs> Sisters, ma, 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 ma. <laughs> Martha's like, Mar Mar Mary, Mary's not doing squat. Here I am cooking all this meal. Jesus is at our house, and Mary's sitting at his feet not doing anything. Jesus, tell, him, tell her to get up and help me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Martha, Mary has chosen the right thing. She's enjoying me. She's enjoying me in her home, and you need to relax and enjoy me as well. We looked at two sisters. This week, we are going to look at two brothers, okay? Two brothers. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 10, uh, verses 35 through 45, or you can look at it on the screen. Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. Listen to what it says. This is a story. 
It says, Then John, or James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him, spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want, to, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. Then Jesus told them, You will indeed drink of the bitter cup and be baptized by, uh, by my baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or who will sit on my left. God prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Well, when the other ten, the other disciples heard what James and John had, had asked, they were indignant. In other words, they were angry. They were, they were ticked off. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people. The officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But, you, but among you it will be what? Different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be a slave to everyone else. For, every, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Some good stuff there. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for how it uh, challenges us. And I pray today that there would be many in here that would be challenged to not only claim to have a relationship with you, but to actually show it through their service. And so, Lord, speak to our hearts today. Show us what it is that you would have us to do so that we can serve you with all we've got. Lord, we thank you, and it's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, again, I want to recap this story. you got two brothers, James and John. James and John, were, they were two of the 12 disciples. And, they, they, and earlier, before this story was told, Jesus has promised all the 12 disciples that they will have a throne one day, right? So here's James and here's John. And they come to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, we want to claim our thrones. <laughs> they were like, hey, can we get that uh, throne right next to you? I mean, that one on the right, right there, I mean, I'd really like to sit in that one. And my brother, John, he would like to have the one to the left. Now, here's the problem. James and John, they didn't want to do it out of their humility. They wanted to do it out of their selfishness, right? And here's the thing. They, they asked to be, done, to, be, uh, to be seated by him, but again, their motivation was selfishness. And Jesus says, well, do you want to sit by my right and you want to sit by my left? Then you'll drink of the suffering and the death that I'm going to drink. And they did. All of the disciples, but I believe one, were, were killed, martyred for their faith. That's what they had to go through. Well, Jesus says, hey, guess what? I can't make this decision. I can't choose whether you're going to be on my right. I can't choose whether you're going to be on my left. The Father, which is God, is the only one that can choose who's going to sit on these thrones. And again, the other ten disciples were ticked off. And you say, well, why are they ticked off? Here's why I think they were ticked off. Because they didn't think of it first. You think about it. I'm like, dang, he beat us to the punch. Dang, we were supposed to get those thrones. And he beat us. James and John beat us. 
And Jesus goes on to say, he says, you want to be worthy of the throne? Here's what you got to do. Don't be like those other leaders. Don't be like those other Gentile leaders who lord their authority over the people. No, you want to be great? Guess what? Serve people. You want to be first? Guess what? Be a slave to everybody. I don't know about you, but that's not natural for me. It's not natural for me to put others ahead of myself. Anybody with me? Can I get a witness? Don't leave me hanging. Good. No liars in the house today. Everybody's being honest today, which is good. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, if you're like me, you don't really think about others ahead of yourself. And, and again, this is something that we all struggle with, and it's something that's probably wrong. I mean, it is wrong. Here's a, here, I'll give you an example on how I am selfish. It, let's say a ranch rodeo comes around and uh, they're asking for teams to come and be a part of the ranch rodeo. Guess which team that I want to be on? I want to be on the, the winning team. And, and, and if someone comes to me and says, hey, Bo, I want to get in a ranch rodeo and they've never rode before, they can't barely ride, and I know they're going to fall off, guess what I think? I don't want to be on their team. I want to be on the winning team, you know? I want to be on the team that, was, that has a chance to win, even though we've never won. <laughs> even though I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't know how to win, and I don't know, you know, again, we don't worry about the payout. We just worry what the entry fees are, because we're never going to get any of the payout. But anyways, so I don't want to be on the team that's not going to be that good, because I want to win. Now, here's the thing. Here's what Jesus has showed me through that. You win when you serve other people. Have you thought about it lately? I mean, a lot of you guys are maybe like me, and you're like, man, i got to do this, and this is what I want to do, rather than choosing to maybe serve somebody else. Showing someone younger the ropes instead of taking all the best hands and being a part of the best hands team. Oh, no, take somebody younger and show them. Teach them. Serve them. I mean, again, that doesn't come natural for us, but we win when we serve others. Look at verses 43 and 45 again. I mean, 43 and 44. It says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. You say, well, what is Jesus saying there? It's, it's, he's saying, you know the best way to climb the ladder of success? Push other people up first. You want to be a true follower of Jesus? You want to be a true believer? You want to be someone that truly loves Jesus with all your heart? The point is, you and I must serve before we can become that leader. I'll give you an example. Uh, anybody ever served under someone you didn't like? Anybody ever had a boss that was just a, yeah, one of those? Well, I've worked in the church, and guess what? There's still one of those in the church. <laughs> There's those kind of people in the church, in case you hadn't figured that out yet. Um, I, I was working in a church. I was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor for about 15, 16, 17 years. And I was working under this one pastor, and he was not so fun to work for. Um, and here's the thing. I didn't serve him because I didn't like him. I didn't want to be around him. I, I had personal issues. I just didn't like him. I mean, I for some reason, we just didn't click. And I didn't really, I didn't serve him. I, I wanted to do things my way. But then here's the thing. God showed me this, and I, and I want you to get this too. It, he said, God said to me, he humbled me, and he said, if you want to be in charge someday, then you will serve your pastor now. 
if you want to go on and you want to be blessed and you want to be, you know, someone that God uses even more, then you better serve the pastor you're on under now. And I learned two words. And God humbled me through tears. I mean, I, I wanted to take this pastor out back and just deck him. I mean, that's how, that's how much I loved him. And I, again, I would do it in Jesus' name, <clears throat> which makes it all right. But I, I'm serious. He and I, I mean, we, I'm surprised we didn't cuss in the church office because we just didn't like each other. I mean, we'd have, we'd have staff meetings, and it was tension in the room. And, I mean, people were like, what's Bo going to say to the preacher today? And what, how red is the preacher going to get in his face? I mean, we'd get after it. And then again, God humbled me, and he said, Bo, if you want to be great someday or if you want to be a leader, then you will serve your pastor now. And I learned two words. You know what those two words were? Yes, sir. Some of you guys need to hear that. Some of you guys serve jerks. They hate you, you just kind of go to work and you don't like working with them. They're just a bunch of jerks. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm telling you, when I learned those two words, guess what? Our, our relationship changed. He began to, you know, maybe give me a little more freedom, maybe not question what I was doing so much, maybe not micromanage everything that I did. He began to give me more freedom, and guess what? I had a peace inside like I'd never had. You know why? Because I was being obedient to what God had called me to do, and that's serve my pastor. So some of you guys need to learn that. You need to, you need to think, well, because God doesn't say serve people who like you. Serve people who you get along with. Serve people, you know, that are nice. No, he says love your enemies and serve them too. So again, that, that, was, that was my, you know, hang up. And, and again, in most cases, it's not natural to do that. It's not natural for us to put others ahead of ourselves. Well, here's the thing. Out of our relationship with Jesus, we should be motivated to serve. And you say, well, what's that relationship? And I want to clarify this because a lot of people, and again, religious people, here's what they want to do. They want to just be better. If I just get better, if I just start acting more moral, if I just start, you know, dressing a little different, if I start just looking like a good Christian on the outside, then... Again, that's all that really matters. No, a relationship with Jesus is a personal, one-on-one -on -one relationship that you come into when you surrender your life to Him. And without it, you won't be able to even serve the jerk. It's true. When I get in, in back into my flesh and in my sinful nature, I, again, I want to go back to punching. But that's where Jesus comes in and says, hey, there ain't nothing that's going to, you know, settle anything by punching. You need to say, yes, sir. And it's only through that relationship that we can do that. Here's the truth. Saved people, people that know Jesus, serve people. It's a part of who they are. Why? Because Jesus did. Look at Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man, and you say, well, who's the Son of Man? That's Jesus. That's another name for him. Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give him his life as a ransom for many. Jesus himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, didn't come to say, hey, let me sit on my throne and you guys get the fans and I want some bonbons and you better feed them to me now. Anybody know what bonbons are? Back in the day, those little chocolate-covered ice cream deals. Oh, man, those were awesome. My mom loved them. She sat on her throne <laughs> and ate bonbons while my dad fanned her. <laughs> well, here's the thing. 
knowing what God says, knowing that we'll be greater if we serve others, knowing that we'll be first if we put others ahead of ourselves, why don't we serve? Why don't we? Well, I'll give you three reasons, three fears of how we do, why we don't serve. Number one is this. We fear becoming burnt out from serving too much or too long. Anybody ever had that fear? I mean, you don't want to serve. You don't want to, I mean, you might get burnt out. I mean, you don't want to serve in the church. They might ask you to stay for 40 years in this one position, and I, you're just going to begin to hate it. I mean, that's a fear. Number two, we fear being taken advantage of. I know, no, someone's going to take me for granted. Someone's going to expect me to be there when I'm not on the schedule. Can I get an amen? Oh, really? Number three, we fear that we're not good enough. I can't serve. I'm not good enough. I mean, God only uses those phenomenal, gifted people to serve. He doesn't use the average Joe like me. Well, listen, all of these fears are real and they're possible, aren't they? I mean, we can get burnt out. We can get taken advantage of, and we can maybe not be up to par sometimes. Well, you say, well, how do we overcome these fears? Number one is this. How do we overcome the the getting burnt out? To overcome this fear, we have to know our limits and choose to put ourselves first. (laughs) Now, I know some of you guys were like, dang, is that wrong? I mean, uh, ourselves first? I mean, how do we put ourselves first if we're supposed to serve others first? Let me, let me explain to you something that I've learned as a pastor. Here's the thing, and I, I thought about this when we did our marriage deal, and, and it makes sense in every context. Here should be our priorities. God, ourselves, our wife, our kids, and our job. And you say, no, I, that's backwards. I mean, the self should be on the bottom, and you should serve everybody else ahead of yourself. Well, here's what I've learned, and I, I've been in ministry for a long time, and I've seen a lot of pastors come and go because they got burnt out. And here's the thing that I've learned. I have learned, probably the hard way, that if I will put myself spiritually first, and I will spend time with Jesus before I spend time with you, then I'll be able to serve you better. Does that make sense? And so you say, well, okay, what do you mean? What does that look like? Well, here's the thing that I have to do. I can't overcommit. If I'm going to keep from getting burnt out in serving you and as, as a pastor, I can't overcommit. Here's a phrase that I learned a long time ago. Opportunity doesn't mean obligation. You think about it. Just because there's an opportunity for you to serve or someone's asked you to do something doesn't mean that you're obligated to do it. Now, some of you guys are like, yes. He asked me, and I can say no because the preacher said I could. Now, I'm not saying opportunity doesn't mean you don't have to serve. It just doesn't mean that you're obligated to serve on every team. You see what I'm saying? There's opportunities for you to serve. If you're not serving anywhere, you need to be serving somewhere. But don't overcommit. Serve somewhere, but not everywhere. Here's the second thing that I'm learning, because I, so I, I don't want to get burnt out. I, I have to delegate. Some of you guys are terrible at delegating. I am terrible at delegating. It sucks the life out of me to delegate. You know why? Because I think I can do it better. Can I get a witness? Thank you very much. I mean, I think I can do it better. How many of you guys sit in church and be honest and you think, I could do that better? Come on. It's okay. Yeah. Some of you guys go, man, that music, I could have sang that better. 
Oh, no, that, that preaching, I would have made a better point. I mean, seriously, that's the way I've, I, I function that way, too. You know what that's a sign of? That you're a leader and you need to be serving. Ha <laughs> ha! All of you that raised your hands? Yeah. It's true. Some of you guys are like, well, I didn't raise my hand. That means I don't have to serve. No, no, no. Delegate. Give jobs away. Here's something that we've learned in our church. When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, Bo, uh, can I help with you doing something and, and I'm working and I'm doing something? Our first tendency is to go, no, 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 no. You just relax and enjoy yourself. We've changed that. If someone comes to me and says, oh, Bo, can I help do something? I give them my job. If I'm putting trash bags in the trash, if I'm taking the trash out and they go, hey, can I help? Yes, you can. You know what that does? It frees me to do something else. And it gives that person a purpose, and they want to come back because they actually had something to do, and they just didn't have to sit there on their butt. So give them away. Give jobs away. Take a break. Some of you guys are, ah, I don't want to go serve because I'm going to get burnt out. I don't want to say yes to them. I'm going to get burnt out. Take a break. You know, one of the things that we put into our elders, uh, you know, responsibilities, they roll off every three years. They roll off. Some, some churches I've been in, there's been a, a leader in that position for 40 years, and they're the biggest jerk in the church, and they run it, and everybody hates their guts, and all the good people leave, and that one jerk leads the church. Can I get a witness? It ain't going to happen. We're going to let those, those elders roll off. They need a break. Um, and so take, take every, every year, our team leaders, we give them the option to serve again the next year. We say, how are you doing? Do you want to re-up and you want to serve again or do you want to, you want to get off? We give them that option. Some of them, uh, we, we make them roll off. One of the things that you're going to notice about our church is we're not, we're not real traditional. Um, if someone's struggling, we'll ask them to step down. That's just the cowboy way. If you're, not, if you're not doing your job, we're going to ask you to step down. We're going to give you a break, and we're going to do it in love. Here's the cool thing. We've tried it, and it works. There have been people in our church that are in leadership that have, that have needed to step down for the sake of family, for the sake of their own health, and we've come to them and we say, because we love you, we're going to ask you to step down. You need to take a, a break for three months. Guess what? They come back and they thank us after the three months. They're not divorced. They love their kids. They love life. And so again, you want to use that excuse? Take a break. Here's the fourth thing, and it's an it's, it's important thing. Have a quiet time. Some people want to serve in the church, and they never spend time with Jesus. The only way that you're going to have the strength to serve others is to spend time with Jesus. And so again, being burnt out many times is nobody else's fault but your own. And you've got to evaluate your life. You've got to say, I'm not going to commit to that because I'm already committed to this. So remember that. Another reason people get burnt out is because they're people pleasers. Can I get any uh, witnesses for people pleasers if you're a people pleaser? It's okay. It's okay. We all have a little bit of it in us. Here's the thing that I've learned. The truth is God has not called us to please people. He's called us to serve people and please him. I, I can't please all of you. <laughs> I can do what I can, and I try but I can't please all of you. God has called us to please him and serve others. You say, well, how do I please God? You serve others. <laughs> Some of you guys are like, dang, I thought all I had to do was sing. Nope. You got to actually serve others. 
I mean, we please God by serving others. And, and God has called us specifically to serve certain people. And you say, no, he's called us to serve everybody. Really? Okay. Some people want to say, well, I can do it all. I can serve everybody. I can be everywhere. And they want to be Superman. Philippians 4.13. You guys know it? I can do what? All things through Christ who gives me strength. We changed it. And I didn't change it, but I can do all, I can do everything. Here's the, here's the version. It's, I think it's the good news version. I love this version. I can do everything that God has called me to do through Christ who gives me strength. You say, you just jacked with the scripture. No, I didn't. I, I, this is the good news version. I, I'm serious. This is a version that we found. It's a great version because I believe it's true. A lot of people think, I can do all things. I can be LeBron, I can dunk like him. Nope, I'm a white boy and I can't do it. <laughs> I can win every ranch rodeo if I just give it to the Lord. Nope, it ain't going to happen. I can preach a good sermon every Sunday if I just give it to the Lord. No, you guys know that it can't happen. But I can do everything that he has called me to do through his strength. I can love my wife through his strength. I can serve my kids through his strength. So again, you think, I can do it all. No, you can't. You say, Bo, you're the pastor. You're supposed to be at everybody's beck and call. If if they call you, you better be there. Can I just ask you a question? Was Jesus always there when everybody called on him? No, I think when people were calling on him and they got too big of a crowd, guess what he did? He retreated. Again, you think, no, i got to put myself first. Well, did Jesus put himself first all the time? I mean, you, or you think, i gotta, I got to put others first, and, and I can't put myself first. No, Jesus put himself first so that he could serve others better. You get it? I mean, some people, again, oh, well, you got to be at every, um, you got to be at every birth of the church. you got to be at every wedding. you got to be at every birthday party. you got to be at all these things. No, I don't. You want a church that you can control the pastor and make him come to every, you know, broke finger? Go somewhere else. Here's what we've done. Here's what I've learned. I can delegate that. That's why we have a mending team who does an absolutely wonderful job. They call them. They go to the hospital. They send them flowers. They love them. They do all that stuff so that I can concentrate on preaching and teaching the word of God. You like it? I kind of like that. That's something different. <laughs> Thank you, Don. Yes. Some of you are like, dang, what do we pay him for? You pay me to delegate to others. <laughs> um, I'll give you an example. And, and here's, a, here's an example of that. The, other, the last Saturday or the Saturday before, I had a wedding to do. Someone called and said, hey, Bo, can you do a funeral on that same day? And I said, no, I can't. I said, I got, I, I got too much on my plate. You know what it did? It killed me to say no. I feel like I can do it all. But you know what it did? It freed me to be fresh and ready to preach the next morning. And, and, and again, maybe you're like me. You feel like you can do it all. You can't. Number two is this. It, to, if you fear being taken advantage of, here's the answer. We must accept the risk of being taken advantage of and serve anyways. 
You say, that's so risky. Someone might take advantage of me. They might take me for granted. They might call me more than once a month and ask me to come in for somebody else that's not going to be there. Here's the deal. Take the risk and serve anyways. Let me give you an example. Uh, there's a scripture in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. And it's the, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Look at it with me. It says, On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up and to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. Well, how do you read it, he answered. And here's how Jesus answered. Or here's how the, the I'm sorry, the, uh, the expert in the law answered. He said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind, or, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But here's the thing. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Well, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Listen to this. A priest happened to be walking or going down on the same road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put him on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You see the story? I mean, you got this Samaritan, he's been beat. You got these priests, and you got a Levite, religious people. What do they do? They walk right by. Oh, dang, man, don't look at him. Don't, look, don't make eye contact. And they walk right by. Then you've got this Samaritan. And you say, well, what is a Samaritan? Who is a Samaritan? Guess what a Samaritan is? A mixed breed. That's what the Jews thought. I mean, they were half Jew and half foreigner. I mean, there were some people that moved into the Jewish land, and they had babies, and these babies were called Samaritans. Guess what? Jews hated them. The Jews hated them. But who, who stopped? The mixed breed. The, the Samaritan. Uh, the Samaritan. And I want you to look at this verse, verse 35. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses that you may have. Guess what the, the Samaritan did? He takes this guy, he puts him in a hotel, he puts him up and he says, hotel guy, here's some money, cover his expenses, and when I return, I'll cover even more if he spends any more. You say, well, what's the point? You know what? The Samaritan could have been taken advantage of. Right? I mean, that, that beat up Jew, he could, have, he could have taken the wine, he could have said, you bring the Don Perignon. I'm drinking good tonight, it's on the Samaritan. I mean, bring me some bread, bring me some bonbons, bring me some grapes. I'm drinking good tonight because the Samaritan is paying. We don't know. He could have done it. But what does the Samaritan do? 
He says, I'll take care of it. When I come back, I'll take care of it. Guess what? The Samaritan was the one that was honored by God, not the priest, not the Levite, the Samaritan. Because why? Because even though he had to risk being taken advantage of, he did it anyways. And guess what? We're called to do the same. Verse 37 says, go and do likewise. So you say, I don't want to be taken advantage of. Get over it. If you serve long enough, guess what? You're going to be taken advantage of. One of the truest signs that you're being a servant is when you get treated like one. So instead of going, dang, they're treating me like I'm a slave. No, go, yes. Praise God. They want me to serve a little, I'm going to serve a lot. They want me to go one mile, I'm going to go two. The third fear of not being good enough. How do we overcome it? Here's the third thing and I'm done. We must realize that God has a history of using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Did you catch that? Some of you guys are like, oh, I grew up in Fargo. I'm not, very, I'm not a very good guy. I grew up in Gage. I'm not a very good, I grew up in Woodward. I mean, we're the boomers. Nobody's, nobody's going to use us. I grew up in Duncan, Oklahoma. We were the demons. And God still used me. We possessed people. <laughs> my mom, she tried to change it, by the way. Every year I was in school, we were, the no, we were the Duncan Demons. I mean, my mom hated it. Every time we'd come home, if we had a football jersey that said demons on it, she'd mark it out with a Sharpie. Ain't no of those demons coming into my house. Listen, you may think, well, I'm not good enough. I mean, God only uses, again, those phenomenal or those phenomenal gifted people. No, listen, remember the Samaritan? I mean, he was a Samaritan. And guess who, who, guess who God used? He used the Samaritan. You know what? Paul, what was Paul? He murdered Christians. Matthew, he was a tax collector, hated by many. Rahab in the Bible, and these are all characters of the Bible. Rahab in the Bible, guess what she was? A prostitute. Anybody a prostitute? No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand. Please. God can use you no matter what. You know what he wants to hear from you? Yes, sir. That's what he wants to hear from you. And so in closing, you say, well, Bo, what's the reward for me serving people? Here's the reward. Pleasing the Lord. That's the reward. You say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the best, and I'm going to get to climb the ladder, and I'm going to get all this stuff. No, none of that stuff is the real reward. You know what the real reward is? Pleasing the Lord. You know what I look for one day when I get to heaven? I, I don't really care about the jewels. I'm not a big jewelry guy. I don't care about the crowns. I don't care about all that other stuff other than being able to give it to the Lord. But here's what I look forward to one day. Here's what I want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't need to hear it from you, even though I like to hear it from you and I want to hear it from you. I'm looking forward to that day when I get to heaven and he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's what he's not going to do. He's not going to go, Bo, well said, Bo, well said. I mean, he might say, you preach good, Bo, but he's not going to go, well said. You talked it. Good job. No. 
you know, what, what he really wants to say to me is, well done. You did a good job. And so maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I'm not good enough. I can't serve. God can't use a guy like me. Yeah, he can. You know how I know? Because he uses a guy like me. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Maybe you're here today. And, he, and here's the question that I have for some of you. Maybe for all of you. Here, here's the question. Have you been saved by Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sin and asked him to come into your life? Here's the thing. If you haven't, and you just start wanting to serve him, your service is worthless. The Bible teaches us, in Proverbs 15, verse 8, it says, The Lord detests the sacrifice of the wicked, but the prayer of the upright pleases him. And so maybe you're here today and you're thinking, well, no, I'll just be religious. I'll just go through the motions and I'll just start serving God and I don't really have to know him. No, the Lord detests that. He don't like fakes. But in the same light, he loves fakes because he wants you to come into a personal relationship with him. And so you think, well, I can't, I, I want to serve the truth is you can't truly serve others until you know Jesus personally. And so here's the thing. If that's you, don't be religious. Find a relationship. Give your life to Jesus today. You say, well, how do I do that? Again, we, we don't ask you to come to the front. We don't want to embarrass you. All we ask you to do and all Jesus asks you to do is to confess. Just to say, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I want you to come into my life. I want you to save me. I want you to give me the strength and the power to serve others. I can't do this on my own. And you ask him for that forgiveness and you ask him to come into your life. Again, you confess with your mouth. And you don't just give him lip service. You believe it in your heart. You trust in him. And so maybe you need to do that today. If you do, listen, if you give your life to Christ or you have questions about that, we want to know about it. Maybe you just need to fill out that orange sheet on that guest table. Or maybe here's another thing that we've started and we're going to continue to do it. If you have a phone, a cell phone, and you just want to text us your name to the number on the screen as you leave, then we will contact you. It's that simple. You say, I got questions. Text your name to the number on the screen when you leave and we'll contact you. You say, I want to give my life to Christ or I've given my life to Christ this morning. Text your name to the number on the screen and we'll contact you. Not so that we can add you to our numbers, not so that we can pad our books. No, but so we can celebrate with you, so that we can help you grow. We can give you a Bible and we can help you learn more about Jesus. Well, maybe you're a Christian today. You've already accepted Jesus, but you you have these fears about serving. You don't want to get burnt out. You don't want to be taken advantage of. Feel like you're not good enough. Listen, do not let the devil beat you. Do not let the devil win. 
He's got those excuses in your, your mind and in your heart so that you won't serve others and others won't come to Christ. And so the longer you wait to serve, the more the devil wins. So stop giving in to the fear and get off your butt and start serving the Lord. Not because you have to, but because you love him. And you say, Bo, how do I do that? How do I start serving? Listen, we've got 10, we've got 12 teams. You can get online, you can look at all the teams, thousandhillsranchchurch.com, and you can sign up for one of those teams. Text, call, email the church, and we will get you signed up so that you can serve this church and please God. Maybe you need to do that today. How many of you guys, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, you say, Bo, I'm not serving, and I know I should. How many of you guys would just raise your hand and say, that's me? I'm not serving, and I should. I, I, I should. Yeah, all across the room. Listen, God loves you, and he can use you. He needs to hear two words. Yes, sir. Lord, I come to you, and I thank you. For everybody that's here today, they're not here by accident. They're here to hear this message. You destined it before the beginning of time that they would be here, and you destined for me to preach this message before I ever knew it. And so, Lord, for those that aren't serving anywhere, that have been a part of this church for maybe since we started or maybe for the last few months or the last week, Lord, give them the guts to step up and to start serving. Not because they have to, but because they want to. Change their heart. Show them where you want them to serve, and, and may they get involved so that they can change others' lives through your power. Lord, thank you for allowing us to serve. What a privilege it is. What a joy that we can get out of it. And so we thank you for that opportunity. And may you continue to use this church to serve others. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Again, we want to thank you for listening to this message. And if you have questions, please contact us. We would love to visit with you. Again, Thousand Hills Ranch Church at yahoo.com. Or you can contact us by phone, 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.